you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. And here's a call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I just had to pause the podcast because you were so shook that Viola Davis is speaking at the apartment apartmentalize conference, but I will say that Viola is on the speaker tour circuit. I work at Google. Okay, so it's a little bit different. Um, but she just came and talked to us for International Women's Day, and she's really brilliant, and those apartment people have, you know, a lot to look forward to with Ms. Viola. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she's on the circuit. I guess it's a little bit different than apartment, but um, it's still just a corporation, man. Anyway, crunch, crunch, bye. This is actually one of maybe five calls we got about this. Uh, a lot of you went to this conference or know people who went to this conference. Well, how many people do you think work at Google? It's like every <laughs> single one, you know, like they all called. What my point is, is just a lot, probably a lot easier to be in the conference circuit via Zoom. You just like put on a nice top and turn mm-hmm. on the computer, you know, like it's a lot less work for maybe probably the same amount of money. I just want to know how much she's making for an International Women's Day event at Google. That's I bet definitely over $100,000. For just to like turn on the yeah. camera. I, yeah. I mean, they say don't turn on your camera for less than $100,000. <laughs> and all of you are out here just turning on your camera. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I had to pause the pod to Google Pizza Girl Sauce because I needed to see the shade of sad lavender, not millennial pink that Bobby was describing. And I was looking at these photos of the sauce and i realized that pizza girl made pasta sauce and i just can't get over that pizza girl made pots i thought that it would be like pizza sauce because like pizza girl but all of the jars say pasta sauce i'm just what does pizza girl know about pasta sauce i don't know uh women don't belong in glands this made me laugh so hard because I hadn't even considered that. And yes, pizza sauce and pasta sauce are different things. Are they? Yes. Are they? Uh, it's a question of cooking. Uh, you lost me there. I'm done. I'm out. Bye. See ya. Who cares? There's no difference, really. But the difference is that people don't buy pizza sauce in the store as much as they buy pasta sauce so the pizza girl said yes i'm the pizza girl but no one really buys pizza sauce the way that they buy pasta sauce in a jar but they can and they're different and pizza sauce is uncooked when it goes on the pizza pasta sauce is cooked before it goes into the bottle okay but i'm just saying you're not out here buying pizza sauce every week but a lot of people buy pasta sauce all the time i mean if it's on sale if it's only if it's on sale, which... Pizza Girl. If I got a good deal on Pizza Girl sauce, I'm stocking up. I'm you, stocking you'd up. You'd have to let that... Th- that thing would have to go down to $2 for me to even take a second look at it. <laughs> you know? Although I will say I might start buying pizza sauce 
if it were made by Pizza Girl, because who better? Hello, guys. I was just listening to the new episode, and you guys were talking about Chloe Bennett. I did not know all the stuff about her being a Chinese pop star. That was very interesting. What I know about Chloe Bennett is that she used to date Logan Paul for a substantial amount of time, and she was dating him when he got in trouble for going to the Japanese suicide forest and taking a video of the body. And I remember she got some flack on Instagram because she was dating him at the time, and I think they broke up, like, six months later. But, yeah, that's what I know about Chloe Bennett. She used to date Logan Paul. All right, me and Grease. How did I forget this? I really, really, really don't know how I missed this. And I'm like kind of annoyed with myself. In the research I did, I got down this hole of like her Chinese pop star history, but fully ignored the hooiest thing about her, which is that she dated Logan she dated Paul Logan for Paul. a significant amount of time and had to defend him at probably one of the worst moments, the most indes- indefensible moments of his life. Like staunchly defended him. It's very like relationship defense. Like you don't know him. He's so smart and kind and funny and you would never understand. Well, she replied, somebody said, hey, Chloe Bennett, I'm seeing rumors that you're dating Logan Paul. Just wondering why you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. And she wrote, because he's kind, creative, funny, vibrantly curious about life yikes weird as fuck in all the best ways a big dork and he's one of my best friends it doesn't make sense to a lot of people no kidding but it doesn't have to he's changed my life for the better and i've done the same for him and apparently they (laughs) broke up not long after i do love this article said it's unclear when exactly the pair split but paul was still calling bennett his girlfriend in a cyst popping session with dr pimple popper (laughs) on september 21st i think i know where this is going bro and chloe does not look excited (laughs) first off this is my dream anytime that logan has anything i want to pick at it he popped my pimple the other day it was good right it was actually really good it was a clean phenomenal so you guys are that couple that pops each other's pimples just like put me in an early grave with that type of sentence I hate it. This is even worse. They met on the set of a movie called Valley Girl. Yeah, I have to play a clip from this. It's a nightmare. Based on the original Valley Girl Mm -hmm. starring Nicolas Cage? Am I losing the plot? Yes. Okay. It's based on the Nick Cage Valley Girl and no one saw it. Like it barely came out. Well, it it came out. It never came out. That was the thing. They put a trailer out and then four years later it wasn't out or something because people in the comments were like, did this actually come out? Mm -hmm. And it did. It did. It did. It came out during the pandemic. It's one of those movies that seems like it never would have come out if not for the pandemic because it was just sitting on a shelf for <laughs> a few years. They just put it under the door. And then once the pandemic happened, they were like, we'll sell to not even the highest bidder, like a bidder. A bidder. We'll sell to a bidder. Take this. Anyway, you know who's in it? Who? Mae Whitman's in it. And Judy Greer's oh, in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, don't, I just don't care. Do they know who else is in it? <laughs> Here's one more sentence to end this segment. In hmm. fact, Paul may already be moving on, as he was seen holding hands with Australian model Casey Boonstra at the Flat Earth International Conference on November 16th. Okay. 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 Although I guess it's not strange that they would be there. That's a very popular conference. Do you know the song, No Place I'd Rather Be, the Jess Lynn song? That's about the Flat Earth Conference. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I was very excited to hear you guys discuss Eurovision because I follow it all year long. Anyway, I'm calling about Senate and Flowrider. It's actually not unprecedented for an act to bring a like more famous or a little bit watched up American act on with them. In 2005, Macedonia, their singer had a song called Autumn Leaves, and he was joined on stage by, I think, three members of Blackstreet, Blackstreet of no diggity fame. Yeah, so they were part of his performance. He did not qualify for the final, but it is not unprecedented for American acts that are a little bit past their prime to participate in your vision with an artist. Anyway, live in La Vida Laptop. That's so funny. I did not know this. My history of Eurovision knowledge is relatively short to when mm-hmm. I started watching it, which wasn't that long ago. And I haven't gotten really past that in terms of like the history and stuff. I did say that I didn't remember any time that they brought like randomly had some sort of like American pop act (laughs) on stage. But apparently Macedonia, not too long ago, 2015, brought on three members of Blackstreet, which how many members did Blackstreet have total? Only four, right? Four at any given time. Like at once, I mean. Yeah, they had rotating, but it was four at once. My favorite Blackstreet song is the one from the Rugrats soundtrack. But, you know, everybody has their own. Their own faves. No diggity, I guess, is the main one. The best song that opens with, like, nursery rhyme instrumentation. (laughs) I love that song. It's so good. 
It's so good. That's like a sense memory song. That's like the moment you hear it, you stop and you're in 1998. That's what I'm saying. Like Maya, like seeing a video with like Maya in like a baby's crib is like <laughs> triggering. Let's play part of the song from Macedonia. Uh-huh. Every moment will hurt from the last to the first time. Trying to find a way to breathe. Oh, they're doing like backing vocals. My take on this, though, is like, I don't want any Americans involved in Eurovision ever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Eurovision is like the one. It's like, leave us out of this. It's like pure. But it's, I mean, it's like free of American musical influence in many ways. And like, it should stay that way. Like, I, why it is so special is it exists in somewhat of a vacuum. It has its own rules about what sounds good in a way and that's yeah. why i think sometimes when we hear it we hear stuff from eurovision we're like yikes but it's like no that is actually their thing <laughs> I, I feel the same way but i think that that's a feeling that's coming out of like the the desire to be an outsider like it's more fun to yes. be an outsider you know i don't want to see florida up on that stage i'm like get off go back to florida did you hear australia's entry in eurovision this year no is it good yeah, it's good. It's this. Is it your Listen. favorite? Yeah, it's really good. Shut up. Get out of it. I hate this. Shut up. No, I hate it. Wow, this is incredible. It's so familiar. <laughs> I love that it's Australia. And everyone's like, why does this sound familiar? And the three members of Blackstreet are like, why does this sound familiar? <laughs> Lindsay Bobby, um, listening to your episode talking about Antonia from Top Chef. And I don't know if you remember this, but she also showed up randomly on Tasha's season of The Bachelorette as like a friend from home of Ben, um, the like kind of kind of front runner. I don't really remember when he got thrown off. Honestly, all of these Bachelor seasons are running together for me. But I guess she was like a friend of his and she just like came as part of his like friends and family hometown, but it wasn't a hometown because they couldn't go to the hometowns because of COVID. So anyway, um, just wanted to share that weird connection. Don't really know how they're connected, but when you started talking about Antonia from Top Chef, that is totally what I thought of first. Okay. Uh, crunch, crunch. So what was the caller saying? It's because, because I know nothing about The Bachelor, it's because they couldn't do a typical home visit well also because i don't know if his parents maybe wasn't appropriate or safe for them to show up at the la quinta but antonia i guess is somebody that he knew what's funny also this guy's name is ben smith in case you're wondering what his full name is name is ben smith he is a personal trainer he runs like a training company called your bodybuilding club and i guess this is where antonia works out she he is he is her personal trainer as well as her daughter's personal Mm -hmm. trainer um, yeah, I mean, she he refers to her as a family friend, but right. it seems like that is how they met at the gym. I think they got close because he was personally training her yeah. and her daughter. Yeah. There's a clip, but I guess he she she showed up on his season and like gave him some like advice, and people were like, "Is that like Antonia from Top Chef?" Because this is a very interesting reality TV crossover moment. But I think it was truly like it just happened this way. I just wanted to read you guys this headline. Jedward demand Winston Churchill's statue be torn down and thrown into Piers Morgan's garden. Crunch, crunch. Okay, who is more progressive, Bernie Sanders or Jedward? Because I feel like I only see headlines of Jedward like changing the world out here. They are playing Among Us with AOC right now. (laughs) And that's not a metaphor. We stand Jedward in this caucus. The best thing is they got peers to engage with them, which is truly like inc- like they just like trolled the hell out of him and he responded to them. Mm-hmm. What did he say? <laughs> he oh, he said, I'd be honored to have the statue in my garden. Okay. Yeah. He said, A, one, two, Churchill saved Britain from the Nazis, blah, 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 you idiots. He called them clowns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gormless, tuneless imbecility. Gormless Tuneless imbecility. Gormless. I'd call them activists. So, hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, just listened uh, when you guys were talking about 
like language learning programs, and you forgot a key one, um, which all millennials know, which is Muzzy at the VHSs. So just would love to know where Muzzy fits in on the Hudan spectrum. Thank you, French French. Didn't we talk about this? I swear to God, I'm having deja vu. I'm pretty sure we never mentioned Muzzy. Oh, we talked about Muzzy. Like last week? Not last week, but like at a different period of time because I'm, we did, when I was in French class, we watched a lot of Muzzy. I never watched it. I just saw the commercials. This. Bonjour. Je suis le grand Muzzy. Je suis la jeune fille. Yes, that's French they're speaking. And no, these children aren't French. They're American. And they've acquired their amazing new language skills from Muzzy, the remarkable new video language program for children developed by the British Broadcasting Corporation. Every time we butcher a name in my head, my brain goes. Yes, that's French they're speaking. And no, these children aren't French. They're American. (laughs) No, these podcasters aren't French. They're American. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Muzzy commercials were ubiquitous back in the day. And this it was one of those commercials that even when it was prevalent in the early 90s, the commercial itself felt like it was 15 years old. You know, like the commercial looked even older than it was in 1992 or whenever. I just love, no, these children aren't French. They're American. It's like, <laughs> I didn't think they were French. <laughs> Je suis la jeune fille. Yes, that's French they're speaking. And no, these children aren't French. They're American. <laughs> Ma'am, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this podcast, oh, honey, we know they're American. We can tell every (laughs) reference. (laughs) Do you actually watch these videos? Yeah. I never did. In French class. I'm sorry. Was it like substitute teacher day when you watched these? Like, was it like Miss Krabappel smoking cigarettes in the back while she put on Muzzy? (laughs) Of course. It was this or like, let's listen to like Celine Dion's first album. You know, like it was very (laughs) limited. We got Chocolat. I remember watching Chocolat and the teacher had to cover. There's like one scene where a woman is topless and the teacher had to like, knew when it was coming and she stood up. Did she cover <laughs> Madame Taylor. Hand? And then she got a piece of poster board and covered the screen <laughs> for maybe like six seconds. And was like, oh, j'ai fini. J'ai fini. <laughs> and it's like, Madame Taylor, this movie's in English. Carrie Ann Moss's French accent is worse than mine in this movie. So like, <laughs> let's not pretend this is a French movie. Madame Taylor was one of the best teachers I ever had, though, I will say. She just genuinely loved Chocolat. I mean, she also seems like she never broke character. She just was always oh, speaking no. French. French teachers were so good at never breaking character. You could never mm-hmm. get them to not speak French. You'd always mm-hmm. try. You're like, um, we're speaking English now, please. Like, it's after class. But they always fucking spoke French. I was in Florida this past weekend. And guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh. Oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there's... I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on. <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that. But you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do you it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames it. are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A you little are. bit. You are. 
They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. So... I just read how Tiffany Haddish, uh, like, called Nicki Minaj disrespectful on Clubhouse. And I've just kind of noticed that Clubhouse seems to, like, attract this kind of, like, drama and seems to attract celebrities. Like, I mean, it's not a good example, but I remember Chet Hanks getting in trouble for, like, saying stuff on Clubhouse. And I was just wondering if, like, if you guys know why Clubhouse attracts, like, why is Tiffany Haddish on there? And how do they keep, like, attracting those types to get this drama and then get these headlines? Because that's the only reason I know about Clubhouse are these random gossip stories. So, anyway, if you have any ideas or, or know anything, I just think that'd be interesting. Uh, Star Joe, yummy pops. Why does the new Buzzy app attract celebrities? That's like a question. That's like age old question, you know? They're on there because it's cool. They're on there because it's like thrilling for them. I'm sure it's fun for Tiffany Haddish to go onto Clubhouse and be like beloved by people. Well, there are two things here. It's cool. I think there's pressure to always be involved in a cool new thing, especially mm -hmm. for celebrities sometimes, be on a new platform. And also, there is something about Clubhouse that is terrifying to me, but I think a lot of people love, which is it feels really intimate. It feels really off the cuff. It feels you your, really you your down. live, but it also feels really like ephemeral. The mm -hmm. thing is, Clubhouse and audio, as we have learned, is not ephemeral. And mm -hmm. you could easily record on Clubhouse and you could easily share those recordings. And that's why I think that first round of people saying stuff on Clubhouse and everyone being like, we can hear you, you realize that, mm. was kind of jarring. And now you have kind of the almost second generation of people who either stuck around like Tiffany Haddish or never went back like Kevin Hart. <laughs> I don't think he ever went back on is, Clubhouse. Is Chet Hanks still on Clubhouse? Chet Hanks, you know? I think, is still very active on Clubhouse. I get the appeal of Clubhouse because, like you said, it's a place to have like an intimate conversation and you can be very... It's easy to feel very comfortable very quickly after you get over the discomfort of being in a room with a lot of people it's sort of like there's a there's a hint of social anxiety there like it does feel like you are walking into a party where you know no one and you have to sort of like have your little icebreakers and get your bearings um together yeah but the, the other thing about like i understand why like you would say things like tiffany haddish did with this Nicki minaj thing which what did she say she said um she said that unlike Nicki Minaj, she treats everyone with respect and dignity. Obviously, that got back to... Well, somebody called her the Nicki Minaj of comedy that she was doing really well. Mm -hmm. And she, and then someone said, except she treats people well or something. And somebody kind of started her on that train of thought. Some other person in there. I heard the audio. And they say like, oh, you can't record the audio. You can record the audio. Like never believe the app I mean, that tells you you, you can't record it? things or save things. Exactly. It's like live TV. You know, you can never expect what's going on, but it's even worse than live TV because there's no producer, right? There's no one there to cut the mic, cut the audio, give you the questions beforehand, like the prep interview. Right. Like, it is all of that without any sorts of guardrails for the celebrities. So, like, I get yeah. the appeal, but, like, this is going to keep happening. And this is why I don't think that Clubhouse as a magnet for celebrities will continue existing. I think as a magnet for normal people, sure. It's like what you love most about podcasting within a live element, which I fully understand because I love a live element and I obviously like audio, but it is a different form. I mean, I'm saying things right now knowing that they could be cut and I'm saying things right now knowing that they're going to be better in post. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sort of copying this right now. Twitter already copied it. Facebook is copying it. I just like don't. 
I'm very like, we'll see about Clubhouse. We'll see how long this actually lasts. I mean, it is a little addicting when you're on there. I'll say that. But it's more just the maybe the excitement of something new. It's how I feel mm-hmm. when I'm on TikTok too. I'm like, oh, like this is so new. This is so cool. But, you know, that wears out eventually. Exactly. I do find myself wondering like what will change and how quickly once we're no longer confined to our homes the way we are now, like how much of this was exacerbated because of our like loneliness and how much of it like was something that we actually wanted and needed beyond that. And I don't, I mean, there's no way to answer that now, but like, it's interesting. Like, will TikTok use Plummet? Will Clubhouse use Plummet? I mean, remember in the beginning of kind of this whole thing, Instagram Live became this almost phenomenon like it never had before. It was like nobody mm-hmm. was really using Instagram Live. And then all of a sudden that was like a Everyone genuine was. tool that like all celebrities were like into. And I feel like that's maybe less so now, but maybe I think it's normalized now where mm-hmm. you'll turn on your Instagram and there'll be a few people live. Mm-hmm. I remember that at peak that you'd turn on Who Weekly's Instagram and there'd be like 10 to 15 who celebrities on our feed who were currently live and I, notification, that was notification, notification. that was the peak of of the of the realization that was a thing that they could do and maybe they did it and it wasn't that great maybe that mm-hmm. a few of those people tried it and were like not for me but it just reminds me of that you know and mm-hmm. it'll die down eventually but we're just talking about celebrities we're not talking about like yeah. for normal people i do think a lot of normal people really like it i think normal people are going to keep using it i just think the celebrities like might have other things to do but Isn't it so cool that you can open up a Clubhouse app and Tiffany Haddish is there? You know, like, I know she's a that. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about her. But, like, there she is. She's there and she's talking to you. It's wild. It is cool. It is cool. And because Clubhouse is kind of the themes of it and the aims of it are all about, like, helping self-help community and business and kind of how to do this and how to do that, Mm -hmm. there is an element of it that's truly instructive that I think is really cool, you know, because Mm -hmm. it has that, like, educational ribbon through it where a lot of the rooms you're seeing are like Tiffany Haddish talks about how to XYZ or whatever type thing, which I think is cool. It's a cool, that's a cool thing. It's also, I think, a publicist's nightmare. And I can't imagine a publicist worth their salt in Hollywood who would say, yeah, do this. You know, like, I feel like anytime a celebrity goes on Clubhouse, a publicist is like, I don't approve of this. Unless it was a moderated conversation, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, any publicist might say, like, don't just hop on this live audio app whenever you feel like <laughs> it. Maybe, like, do some scheduled events. Because there's also, you're able, you can, like, schedule kind of like a a special chat that's like Mm -hmm. with somebody who's asking questions or whatever. But that's why it's the drama incubator. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Hi, Lizzie Bobby. I'm literally just calling because of David Diggs and Emmy Robert Lampman. Um, And the fact that one, the worship is so cute, but also two, not just because they were both on Hamilton, but because like they just debuted their house on Architectural Digest in like stunning outfits in like the best possible way um yeah but also i mean emmy clear who david digs possible men i don't know crunch crunch it's my surprise their architectural digest is just so it's so la like there's so much light like the camera's about to break you know and they're and they're so well dressed and he's like languidly like posing on the couch that's enormous like it's just very LA to me but it's a really good episode their house has a lot of interesting things in it too like that's the best part of an AD tour Serena's was the last kind of big one and hers was so bad and so this is sort of a return to form hers was like a stereotype of what a celebrity's house would look like as a museum it's like piece empty Let's... you know it's like i have this like art that i don't even necessarily have a story about except i collect art you know and mm-hmm. their house felt like oh these coffee bags that we Stuff. framed came from they a framed coffee a, bags a, they came from a of you know a um what is it called a tax not a tag sale a, big, a flea a, market a flea market and I saw that they were special and I got them and we framed like just kind They're of like very wallpaper. inspired. The only thing that I thought was very like funny about this is their relationship, which was very much like he's goofy and uninvolved. And she basically did this whole house, which they mm-hmm. did repeat a lot. But he was over kind of like, I was again. away shooting something. And when I came back, like the house was done or whatever. <laughs> Which is very, like, the dynamic. And they kept being like, oh, here's where he naps. And here's where, like, I do work. And I was like, what? 
The way this is mostly going to work is I'll probably like throw in occasional details about things, but <laughs> Emmy did this whole house. That's not true. So like I, I have very That's little. That's true. She's very kind about giving me input, but like it's perfect. So this was an incredible surprise. Almost every house we looked at had some exposed wine cellar. Yeah. And we don't drink very much wine, so it didn't. It never made yep. any sense, but it was a cool space under the stairs. And I came home one day, and Emmy had converted it into this record room. Had all these custom. <laughs> built shelves and put up all of this great artwork. I spent most of my time in here looking through all the things that I already know I have just because I like looking at them. He also has very genuinely, I mean, clearly I know where he got it from, but he has this kind of like very earnesty, goofy, um, what's his face energy, Hamilton energy. Who's Hamilton guy again? Lin-Manuel Miranda. He has very that guy energy. <laughs> Well, it's like it's a it's hammy. It's theater energy. Yes. And and I think yeah. that like you could get it or you could not because she has a different kind of theater energy. She could easily have that sort of like Lynn Manuel Miranda like Patty Lupone energy that's just like so, turned up all the way all the time and she doesn't have that energy. She has like a more restrained theater energy. And I think that there's like different types. Well, she so I guess her most recent thing is she was on Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Academy. which was very highly watched. So yeah. she was like everywhere. But I watched he, the whole first season of that thing. Which is, but the opposite of that, which is funny, is that he was on this new show, Snowpiercer, the 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 TV version of the movie mm -hmm. with Jennifer Connelly, which was not really that well watched, but honestly, weirdly more talked about than mm -hmm. sometimes Ele than Umbrella Academy. So it's like. Uh, less people watched him, but somehow he's more talked about. His role, his lead role in that was kind of more talked about than like w whatever. Do you know what I mean? That got so much attention, even though the show itself was not really that good. It was okay. It was okay. I watched some of it. I never watched it. It got attention, but it's also like, it's so hard to compare like television to streaming. You know, yes. like how yeah, would totally. Snowpiercer have done if Snowpiercer had been on Netflix and how would Umbrella had done if it were on it was on I TNT, think. exactly. Yeah. So how would how would Umbrella Academy have done if it were on TNT? Exactly. exactly you know? Like exactly. and also the Snowpiercer thing was like apparently the first season wasn't great, but then it still got a second season. I watched the first season of Umbrella Academy. It wasn't great. And everyone who watched the second season was like, No, the second season is good. The first season isn't good. So And did you are you gonna watch the second season? I'm I'm I might, but she has one of the more interesting superhero powers, so she's the one whose power is like she's the rumor I don't know it's like her means. line is like rumor has it I heard a rumor that and then she says it and she makes you do the thing so she like can get rumor out of situations has rumor has it no but I'd be like I heard a rumor you got another green milk from Duncan we <laughs> okay great she was in Hamilton with him yeah that's they met met. when they were in Hamilton yeah. together that's what I, I think is very cute it's like they met at like his big breakout role and mm -hmm. I'm and not hers. sure hers. I mean, I guess maybe hers too. I think Hamilton is just the breakout. I think maybe technically you would call it Umbrella Academy, but it's like, do you get Umbrella Academy without Hamilton? Probably not. Yeah, but in terms of like people knowing who you are, people definitely knew who he was after Hamilton, and I'm not, mm -hmm. and maybe less so for her. She was also in the Chicago SpongeBob SquarePants before it went to. People loved the SpongeBob musical. Did you see it? Everyone no. loved it. Why would I see it? Why would I see that? Because it was good. Because it was good. Care. Everyone liked it. Not really for me. My other favorite thing about their house, to go back to their house, is the thing that they did with the rugs, how they made the runner that goes up the stairs. That's just a bunch of rugs that they got that they like stitched together. What was the ultimate like house where it felt like they cared about the stuff that was in it down to the many many pictures of themselves in their own house like pictures of them kissing like i get that you have pictures of yourself in your house but i was like okay we get it like we know who lives here oh, and yeah, they even joke about it they're like themselves. we have a lot of photos of ourselves in our house it reminded me of like if Gigi Hadid's house were like the Pinterest house. This is the more like Instagram house, <laughs> you know, like sure, sure, sure. This is sure. like the buttoned up version of what Gigi Hadid did. Gigi Hadid's like pasta drawers that are like an idea for you to make. This is the opposite of like this is like a thoughtful house, or right? Like a fake thought, you know. It's like or would somebody would put this on Instagram, it would be kind of like the idea of a thoughtful house. This was yeah. actually work went into this. Emmy is like. I have an idea for this and then talk to an expert where Gigi's like, we can bypass the expert. I'll make the pasta drawers. <laughs> but you know what was <laughs> nice about this as an AD tour? This felt like a house that they're not actually moving out of. It wasn't mm -hmm. like this house oh, is yeah. about to go for sale. Maybe that's not. Looks specifically for them. Yeah. But they, she was just like, I painstakingly uh, painted this wallpaper. She didn't. Even, it wasn't even wallpaper. It was hand painted 
the, she did a pattern with paint in the office that was like not, that she had done herself in quarantine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, that feels like all this stuff that you're doing feels like this is not a house that you're actually going to be leaving soon. It didn't feel like that weird sales ploy that you often feel when you see these videos, you know? Yeah. The other funny thing that you put in here that I didn't realize because I haven't seen the movie Blind Spotting that David was in a couple of years ago that like did pretty well on like the indie circuit is that when he went to an award show, he brought Emmy, his girlfriend, but he also brought his girlfriend in the movie Blind Spotting, who was none other than Miss Janina Gavankar. And guess who also used their designer for her house? Janina Gavankar. Janina Gavankar. <laughs> she's everywhere. Truly, she's everywhere. Um, next call. Does Bo Derek know who Bojack Horseman is? Well, Lindsay, does Bo Derek know who Bojack Horseman is? One, two, three. No. 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 I don't really know what Bo Derek knows, but that's just a guess. <sighs> she knows John Corbett. That's it. They're still together. Even if you're like on net- Netflix, you might not know what BoJack Horseman is, to mm-hmm. be honest. They don't do a Especially very good job. Of, they didn't do, they, they're not, <laughs> currently, they're not doing a very good job of servicing the BoJack Horseman content. Mm-hmm. She really enjoyed like My Octopus Teacher, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was about it. Hey, it's nominated for Best Documentary at the Oscars. Hi, Who Weekly. Does Nancy Pelosi know who Nancy Peluso is? Do you know who Nancy Peluso is? All right. Tim Tebow lesbian. Does Nancy Pelosi know who Nati Peluso is? I have to say, I did think this same thing when I heard about Nati Peluso for the first time. I was like, Nati Pel- Nancy Pelosi? I. <laughs> but that does is she the know most who Nati Peluso American is? perspective that you could have is knowing who Nancy Pelosi is. Yes, what? Huh? Does she? Does Nancy Pelosi know who Nati Peluso is? One, two, three. No. Yes. <laughs> you think Nancy Pelosi knows who Nati Peluso is? Yeah. Uh, this girl is in her Wikipedia, Nancy Pelosi, and she has PR people who work for her actively. Nancy Pelosi's name comes up in Nancy Peluso's stuff right now, and Nancy Peluso's getting all the like, who is Nancy Peluso? Like, young, hot, making music, out here, doing this. I think that Nancy sees her Google alerts because she has PR people. I think that Nancy has too many people between her and the actual internet. I think all Nancy Pelosi knows how to do on the internet is like literally send an email on Outlook and that's it. Everyone on the hill has so many people who work for them. So do you think that Nancy Pelosi's like PR people see the Nancy Peluso and are like, oh, Nancy doesn't need to be bothered with this? Her scheduler, her staffers, they definitely know who Nancy Peluso is because we can assume a lot of them are young and a lot of them are gay. So they know who Nancy Peluso is. I think it's like they've had a conversation and they're like, it's best not to confuse her. Like, let's just not. Let's leave this out. And if you think Nancy's ever been on her own Wikipedia, I think you're dreaming. Do you think like the computer in her office is like unplugged or do you think it's like it's just a screen with a piece of paper over it that that like they change out every day? (laughs) I just think that Nancy Pelosi learned how to like use email, use her computer once, and then like never really updated her skills. And I think that that's fine. But Nancy's at them here. I think we need to talk about Nati. Who is Nati Peluso? She's cool. She is cool. Argentinian singer. Recently has become like very buzzy, like getting international press. Mm-hmm. She's in the one to watch zone right now. However yes, long she'll yes. be in that zone, we don't know. But she's in very much in the one to watch zone. Yeah. She was born in Argentina, but she grew up in Spain. So she gets compared to like Rosalia, who is like a Spanish mm-hmm. superstar right now. Their music is completely different. Wait, let me placement for music, actually. Okay, but I, so do you still think that she knows her? Nancy? I mean, you you kind of convinced me that she doesn't. Does Nazi know who Nancy is? I think that. Yes, I think she for does. Sure. She yes, definitely Because knows. when you go to Nancy Peluso's Wikipedia, it says, do you mean Nancy Pelosi? And I'm like, I <laughs> Not didn't. Not to be confused. <laughs> this poor woman whose name is Natalia Peluso comes to America <laughs> to try and release some music. And everyone out here is like, you mean Nancy Pelosi? It's like <laughs> not a great vibe. Like, we're so embarrassing. We're so embarrassing. <laughs> we're so embarrassing. We're so embarrassing. Hey, Who Weekly, and me again. Um, do J. Cole, Paula Cole, 
Cheryl, Cole, know who each other are. Thanks. This this segment has gotten deranged. J. Cole, Cheryl Cole, Paula Cole, and who's the other Cole? That's it. No, that's it. J. Cole, Paula, Paula Cole, Cole, Cheryl, Cheryl Cole. Cole. I do think this one is funny, but I also think that anyone in like they think that they do know each other because of the music industry. Like, I think they all know because none of the people involved are that obscure at all. No, they're all kind of actually okay. Here's the real freaking. Are they all them's? I think Cheryl no, Cole's the whoiest person here. I think they're all on the same exact level. I think these are all the exact same level famous people in different circles. Think about it. Because you have nostalgia fame, you have current fame, you have like niche fame. And by niche, I mean Cheryl. Like J. Cole is kind of the Paula Cole of J. Cole. And like Cheryl Cole. I'm sorry, what does that mean? J. Cole is the Paula Cole of J. Cole? But like, and Cheryl Cole is kind of the Paula Cole and J. Cole of Cheryl Cole in a way. She's the thinking man's top star. (laughs) You can't. I just like, in. In my mind, they're all kind of like, yeah. I mean, I think J. Cole is just considerably more famous currently. Than Paula Cole and Cheryl Cole. I would put Paula and Cheryl on the same level. I think I would put J. Cole a couple of steps above. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm really like stoned on this one. I'm actually not stoned. The answer is, I think they all know who each other are. Absolutely. There's no connection in that web of three people where there is not a a yes, I know who that person is. Also, if they look up like any sort of like writing credits or any sort of like are, you know, when you register your song or what, they're all there. They're all Mm -hmm. Coles. They're all Coles. Although Cheryl is sometimes just Cheryl. Paula is not just Paula. And Jay is not just Jay. Jay Cole and Paula Cole need their Coles. Cheryl kind of dropped hers at some point. Hi, I'm just calling to see if John Taffer knows who Jake Taffer is and vice versa. All right, thanks. Bye. John Taffer, host of the show Bar Rescue, <laughs> which is was a show I loved and loved and loved and loved and loved and still sort of love. It's really fun until you start thinking about it. And then when you think about it, you're like, I'm miserable. <laughs> so, you mean like almost everything in my life? But yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> it's this guy who's on the verge of like a stress-induced heart attack every two seconds. And then he like j- runs into a bar that's being mismanaged. And he's like, we got to fix it. That's him. Yeah. Jake Tapper is the guy it's who's like. It's actually the hetero Tabitha Salon takeover <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> And Jake Tapper is the CNN journalist who's like, I'm cool. Like, okay. I tweet. Yeah. What? Do they know each other? Wait, do they know who each other? No, no, not not. do they know each other. Do they know who each other is? Does John Tapper know who Jake Tapper is? One, two, three. Yes. Yeah, probably. I think he, I think he watches and knows of CNN. Not sure where he stands on CNN. <laughs> Would I don't he wanna, call let's Jake just say Tapper? We don't want to know. We don't want to know. Okay, the other way around. Does Jake Tapper know who John Taffer is? One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Well, I what, think he watches Bar Rescue. What station is Bar Rescue on? What station? It's like one of those ch- stations that's always like, we're this now, we're this now. It's like Paramount now. Spike or something. It was Spike and then it was like, no, Telling truly. It was like, Spike and then it's Paramount. It's and now like I think it like. Yeah, it's like straight TV. I could see Jake Tapper like, like you know, watching Bar Rescue shamelessly you know beer in hand needed a night off mm-hmm. but they really are on the same level of i'm not actually quite sure <laughs> i think that john absolutely knows who jake is and i am th- pretty sure jake knows who john is but i don't think it's because jake tapper is so much more famous than john tapper i guess he's just on tv more and it'd be more mm-hmm. likely for somebody to be watching cnn versus somebody to be turning on spike Mm-hmm. And also, John Taffer's like kind of moment as like the guy who yells has kind of passed. Mm-hmm. That was a big mm-hmm. thing for what, like a year, you know? Yeah. Yell guy. You worry for him when you watch him yell at people. You worry for him and you worry for the people around him. <sighs> Which is why. <laughs> Which is. If you want to ruin TV for yourself, start worrying about the people on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seriously. Quick question. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So I follow the strategist, this account 
the account from the cut on Instagram and they had an interview with Kat Dennings, um, who I assume is a who. And she talks about how one of her friends is, um, Brenda Song, which I don't really understand. Why would they be friends? Do you have any insight onto that? And also, is Brenda Song the most famous Brenda? Live in the laptop. Bye. These two women are like auditioning to this for the same parts and they're like both you know been working since they were teenagers brenda song famously who is also dating macaulay culkin i think she's they're still together they are still together they're still together is brenda song the most famous brenda is the question i'm really curious about here you know how i know the answer to this Lindsay? how it's a case for we need a noise famous Famous birthdays.com In my mind, Brenda Song always sounds familiar, and it's not because it's Brenda Song. It's because there was also an actress named Brenda Strong, <laughs> who like definitely didn't do much, but she always, I always think of her when I think of Brenda Song. Do you remember oh, Brenda Strong? Lindsay, yes, because I love Desperate Housewives. She's like the, she's the, the ghost narrator in Desperate Housewives. It's the right. funniest thing in the world. The whole so she gets she dies. At, her death is the cat is the inciting incident for the show Desperate Housewives. So and for the rest of Desperate she's Housewives, the Rizzo of Desperate Housewives. She the Rizzo. Rizzo, Rizzo doesn't act, die. She's the stalker Channing of Desperate Housewives. Rizzo she's, doesn't die though. Stalker Channing dies in First Wives Club to start that movie. She is the stalker Channing of Desperate Housewives. You can't call her Rizzo. That's her. That's her most famous character. I forgot her name. But in First Wives Club, she's not Rizzo. Yeah, she is Rizzo in First Wives Club. That's her, you know, if I'm trying to remember her name, I'm going to say Rizzo first. Socialite. Upper West Side socialite falls to her death like Rizzo. Rizzo. (laughs) She is the stalker Channing. (laughs) Now in my like crazy fan fiction brain, Cynthia from First Wives Club is just Rizzo after changing her name after graduating from the high school in Greece. I have a really bad memory. The other Brenda's. Who were on FamousBirthdays.com. I, yes, I will say, I think Brenda Song is absolutely the number one Brenda right now, for sure, in culture. She is yes. the number one Brenda. But like, let's name some other Brendas. The well, top 10 Brendas. I think number two is a big contender for being a very famous Brenda. Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee, singer. exactly. Brenda Lee. Let's play some Brenda Lee. I'm sorry. So sorry. I don't know who this woman is. Brenda Aznikar? <laughs> no idea. Oh, she's in an Argentinian telenovela. Okay, because she's oh, not famous in America. Okay. Wow. Brenda Strong, we just covered her. Brenda Kellerman hosts the show Telehit, which is a Mexican variety show. Okay. Okay. Then we have number six, a Brenda near and dear to my own heart, Brenda Blethen. Who? How is she near to your heart? Secrets and Lies. I think you're lovely and amazing. She's in Lovely and Amazing. You know, she's great. Okay. You probably know who she is because she's Mrs. Bennett in oh, the, she the was like, in really Pride good Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. Yeah, no, I know who she is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just a funny fact about being a Brenda. This woman is the number six most famous Brenda according to Famous Birthdays, but she is the 45,338th more popular person. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm I just feel like there's saying. a way to do math here that like shows the what that actually signifies, but like you right. can figure it out. Like the number, if you want to know how not popular to name Brenda is for anyone, young people maybe now, Brenda Song is the number one famous Brenda, but she's the 2000th, 12th most popular on the full list, you know? The number 10 most famous Brenda I think is important. It's Brenda Fricker. Lindsay, know, do you know who that is? No. She won an Oscar for the... My Left Foot, the Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Mm-hmm. But I think she's most famously known to at least me and our audience as the bird lady in Home Alone 2. Oh, 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 I recognized her <laughs> oh, as the oh, bird oh, oh, oh. lady. She's the bird lady. She followed up her Oscar with the bird lady. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. She's from so, Dublin. And Brenda Song, absolutely the most famous Brenda. Yeah, yeah. Love her. True. That's true. But Brenda Fricker's the 24th most popular actress from Ireland. 
Oh no, that's gonna open up a can of worms. Don't click it, don't click it, don't click it. Let's play a very quick game of Who Were Them. Hi guys, um, so I was watching the Grammys the other night and I was like, Brittany Howard, and I Googled Brittany Howard and I found her Zola registry. Um, it's a lot of baskets mostly. <laughs> I was wondering, um, are there like, is there a way to find celebrities on registries like that outside of just like, manually looking them all up because i would be interested to see who's on there uh and Brittany howard who them celebrities do not want you finding their wedding registries i'll tell you that i'm not gonna like share this but it's very easy to find like it's like very easy to find and it says the the top is hey what's up y'all you know who it is it's your girls trying to grab some goods love you just happy you're attending to be honest and there's like a ton of baskets left a ton of baskets left and a juicer and a juicer. So are you telling people to go on and find Brittany Howard's? You're not invited to her shower? I'm not telling people to do anything. I'm just saying that this is an interesting call because as we talked about years ago, you can find celebrity Venmos. You can also find their Zolas. And Brittany Howard is definitely the level of famous where it's like, yeah, of course her Zola is somewhere easily accessible. She's not super, super famous. She's just like famous. She also probably doesn't consider herself that famous in some yeah. weird oh, way. Yeah. So she's like, of course I'm going to use a Zola. Like, where else, what else would I do? Or like, I'm going to have to use some online registry thing. She's amazing. She's the Alabama Shakes lead singer, but Alabama Shakes wouldn't exist without her. So she's, now she's solo and she's that's fine. She's the Haley Williams of exactly. Alabama Shakes. <laughs> exactly. She was like, no, I'm done. And you were, and they were like, name somebody else from the Alabama Shakes. And you were like, <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> Sorry. She's famous and she's great, but I'm not sure. She's like right at the level where I'm not sure if she's a them yet. I kind of think she's a them. I don't know. I kind of think she's a them. Although during the Grammys, somebody did say in one of my chats, who is this? Who is this? And I was like, interesting that they didn't know. And then I said, oh, it's Brittany Howard of the Alabama Shakes from, and, and they said, oh... The moment you start getting really granular, it's obvious. We obviously go into this where it's like uh, music them, gay them, like whatever them, black them, whatever. We have all these like ways to categorize the who's or thems. But I feel like if you were doing some sort of scientific experiment, the way that we really mean it is like from an American perspective, if you picked scientifically pick like 1000 random Americans and ask them who it is, like would the majority say who are them? And I think that's the or most, would like, the majority say yes or no? Yes or no. I know. Do I know who this person is or not? Yeah. And I do think that people would know who she was. I feel like people might know who she is. I mean, like zero to five people watch the Grammys according to the ratings, so it's really actually not accurate to say like, but she was on the Grammys. But people who are like, I like music, are know who Brittany Howard is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Them. them? Yeah. <laughs> them. Big question mark. I hope their wedding was nice. It was in October 2019. Oh, well, she didn't get all these baskets. <laughs> She's missing a lot of baskets. To be fair, they're expensive baskets. Really? You know? You'd have to go in on them with your friends. I love when you open a registry and you realize the only things left are like things you're not you're not going to pay for. So you're like texting people like, oh, did you already get the thing? Like, do you want to go in on this like high chair? You need like 10 friends to go on in like a Scandinavian designed high chair or whatever. I don't even remember what I get when I click on registries. Like I'm trying to remember what I got Ray from my baby registry. And I was like, I don't know. I just clicked something. I was like, it's very thoughtless. I love registries. I, I mean, I got her an inner tube that was not on the registry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I clicked the thing on a registry and I was like, this looks great. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I just Bye. love getting babies those inner tubes they can float in because they're so cute. <laughs> and you really can't go wrong. You do that selfishly because you like getting the picture of them in the inner tube. I want it for me. I want You want it for you. You want me. the pic of the baby in the inner tube. Yes. That's why you exactly. do it. Are you kidding? And do you know how many pictures of babies in inner tubes I get? It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. You've seen Paloma in that inner tube. You've yeah, seen it's very cute. Tom in that of... inner tube. I've seen Ollie in that inner tube. Oh, they love that little tube. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I was calling because I feel like at some point you guys have talked about Chris Gaines, the like Australian alter ego of Garth Brooks from the 90s. And I just needed to share the very exciting information that he is releasing, reissuing Chris Gaines's album with new music. So there's going to be new Chris Gaines in the world. I am so excited. This is so weird. And I miss Garth Brooks. So I thought you guys would be excited too. Uh, me inside. Bye. The climate is right 
for a Chris Gaines comeback. Mm-hmm. The climate mm-hmm. is right. Yes, we ta- well, we were talking about 2011 on the Patreon. Yes, Joe Calderon was a flop. Roman did not last. But it is, <laughs> it is, there is fr- open. Sasha Fierce, no one's seen her in years. <laughs> door for an alter ego for a, let's call it a drag performance of Chris Gaines, the emo, depressed version of Garth Brooks. I think it's absolutely drag. I think drag is the correct word for what it he is. It is drag. There. It's drag. Yeah. <laughs> It was a full identity shift. But I just think it was like Garth's way of exploring another genre too, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris can do anything. Chris is, mm-hmm. Garth is kind of limited and Chris could do whatever. So think of exactly. the thing, what genre could Chris be now if, if he comes back? You know, like what will it be? I'm excited. What I would love is just a, based on what I know of Chris <laughs> from his first album, Yes. I would love to go back to that exactly because I miss that sort of populist adult contemporary that like Vanessa Williams Z, Celine Dion adult contemporary stuff that we don't really have anymore, you know? Like and I would love to see Chris Gaines fall back into that genre because that one song, the one where they're where they're dancing in the gazebo and the only version of it online that you can hear that song is so adult contemporary, and I love that vibe. I would love for Chris to just return to his roots, you know? Heaven knows I'm head over heels at a show I played every field, I suppose But there's something about you When you're around, baby, I have found I get lost That same vibe with maybe like a little bit of a fresher production sound mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. really hit. Is resurrecting a alter ego who move? One, two, three. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. Definitely yes. And will Chris Gaines still be a who after his resurgence? One, two, three. Yes. yes. <laughs> this will not last. Hey, who weekly, medium time, long time. Uh, quick question, who or them, uh, Wendy Williams burp or Wendy Williams fart? Uh, thanks. Uh, me at home, I apologize. Can we uh, roll the clip? Let me just head to the page six story with the headline, Wendy Williams appears to burp and fart simultaneously live on air. To be fair, it's not simultaneous, but okay. It's a matter of time. She's not lonely. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. The best part is the audience. (laughs) Oh, like the audience's noise is to me the most compelling part of that. It's just funny to me that page six is writing this rude headline when I don't think that there's anything to be embarrassed about here. Like it's genuinely funny. And I think that she would realize that it's genuinely funny. Yeah. Especially for someone whose job is to talk live on the air. Something like this is going to happen. And the way that she sort of brushes it off is so professional and so well done. I don't know. It's enviable. Well, also like it's relatable. Like who hasn't laughed and farted at the same time by accident? Farting is hilarious. Like half the times I laugh, I'm like, oh, I farted too. (laughs) Anyways, it's just very relatable to me. I don't usually do the burp fart combo. I will say that is interesting because usually gas comes out one side or the other, but two at once is very interesting. Um, Also, if it was at the same time, you wouldn't have heard the fart. You would have just heard the burp. Wendy does burp a lot. She does belch. And I think that's because she talks a lot really fast and she drinks a lot of water. So she's kind of like trapping these burps. Like, where are they going to go? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. She's got a, I'm not surprised, but is Wendy's burp a who or a them? Is Wendy fart a who or a them? I would say Wendy's burp is a them because we've heard her burp before, but Wendy's fart, that's a who. Exactly. And also when you think about the order of things, because as the, the headline says that these were simultaneous things, they were not, they were subsequent things. The burp happened first and then she farted. I think when you think about it conceptually, the burp is coming in hot. The burp is coming in first. The burp is making a splash. The fart is trying to keep up. The fart's the who. The fart's trying to basically copy. It's like it wants to steal the spotlight while it's still there. I just, can I hear the audience fart again? Can I hear the audience response? Yes, here we go. Ooh, oh. It's a matter of time. She's not lonely. <laughs> oh, oh. 
the embedded tweet has a great caption. The person who first captured this, Derek Allgood, BMS Derek is their username on Twitter. The caption is unreal burp fart combo from Wendy Williams. <laughs> it's true. It's like, honestly, it's like Olympian. Like, but what's crazy is like the burp fart condo, it, this burp fart combo isn't even the most like absurd, like out there thing I've seen on that show. Like Wendy oh. burp farting is just like another day on that show. Mm. You know, maybe we even had such a, we haven't had a combo like this in a while, but it's just like, that's just what you get from that show. Mm-hmm. We can't, we have to end on that. There's nowhere else to go. Okay, thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM with questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on Patreon.com slash Who Weekly for twice-weekly bonus episodes. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's providing our read a theme song. Buy merch if you want to at whoweekly.us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love those rates and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We love those rates and reviews. We love the rates and reviews. We'll see you on Tuesday with another episode of the main show. And listen after the credits for Collier doing Amazing Sweetie Calls, which are just funny calls that we don't necessarily have to respond to. Bye. Bye. Hey, Bobby Lindsay, long time, long time. So about the Rayos sauce, the best deal you can get for those right now is at Costco. They sell two 28-ounces jars for, like, less than $10 right now. That's all. Get your sauce on. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. This is the second time I'm calling about this. Um, I had to pause the podcast, but Costco right now has Rayo the two pack for seven ninety eight. They often have this deal. Um, I know in New York City it may not um, make sense, seem like it makes sense to get a Costco membership, but Lindsay has a car, so it's worth it. Okay, crunch, crunch. <laughs> Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I just wanted to call and let you all know that you can get rows at Costco and you can get big jars of them and it's like two in a pack for like pin 50, like a little, I don't know. It's like around that price. Um, I live in DC, so I'm assuming that you can find it in New York. Um, try Instacart. Just want to let you all know. Okay, bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, uh, medium time, medium time. Um, just calling to tell you about an amazing sauce that I really love at Costco. It's a Victoria sauce. You're probably all over it, but it's the best marinara I've ever had. Sometimes I just put it on a piece of bread. Okay, start your yummy pop. Love you guys. Bye. Eva and Marie posted a picture of the lingerie her new boyfriend got her for her birthday. Yuck. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, last episode, y'all were talking. Actually, no, this is stupid. I'm like thinking about it. Like, it's stupid. Bye.